In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Beverly Hills indeed. Guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. Welcome to your Tuesday episode, Beverly Hills. Why don't we go there right now together? I will be playing you the audio of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Season 11. The trailer dropped today. Let us listen together. Please hold your loved ones tight as I play this audio and we will dissect it together on the back end. Welcome to Tuesday. Guys, why don't we play this game where we say two truths and one lie, and we have to guess what's the lie. Okay. Okay? Two truths and a lie. Let's hear it, Erica. Here it is. You ready? I did not see it ending this way. I was going to hold that man's hand till he died. With any of the lawsuits, like, did you have a heads up? Is that why you got divorced? No, I did not. Orphans and widows, it makes you feel sick. Did you know any of this? No one knows the answer but him. What's wrong with being fake and phony sometimes? <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. This season on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah! Buy it, buy it, buy it. How much is that? 1.2 million. Wow. Who wants a 
kick in a little something to buy this You need to kick in my legal fund, you bitch. And it's somewhere around 53 million. I've never felt so poor <laughs> in my life. Kathy Elton's here! Look how beautiful. That's the way we like it. Oh! You're an inappropriate, awkward person because you're jealous. Whoa. Period. F you, Crystal. Jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants. I texted her and I didn't hear back. Kim changed her number. She did. How would you guys feel if I got married again? I wouldn't like it. I'm going with my friends. <laughs> he's too damn old. I know. He's old. And you've got three kids. You don't see color. Are you serious with me right saying? now? I am not a liar. You have a lot of nerve. Don't talk to me like that. Or what? Seriously. Or what? <laughs> or nothing. Right, exactly. I Shut the up. Erica. Life is a poker game, and everybody's got to show their cards. Kathy, shut up. <laughs> 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 what do little piggies do? Um, you guys, how exciting was that? I, I have to say, as jaded as I've become, I woke up this morning and immediately I go to Instagram and I see it's all over the map. That is one thing about it. It sucks being on the West Coast. The East Coast gets all this shit early. So you wake up, you've already got three good Instagram hours ahead of you that you slept straight through. So I get up. I see the trailer and you know my feelings on Beverly Hills last year. I love that I love that I'm like, you guys know my my feelings on Beverly Hills. I was very mad at Lisa Renna. I still am very mad at Lisa Renna. But I was curious how they were gonna handle the Erica Jane stuff. And the trailer does not disappoint. It it faces it head on. There are so many little intricacies of this trailer, and I wanna break it down with you guys, um, because it is I love these trailers. Sometimes the trailers, I mean, for anything in life, are better than the actual product itself. How many times have we seen a trailer for one of these reality shows and it's always so much better than the actual show? Um, same thing with movies, same thing with anything usually. So, you know, you, you can only judge a trailer really on, you know, in the aspect of it as a trailer. So as a trailer... It's great. It does exactly what it needs to do. It gets you excited. It answers that question if they're going to focus on the Erica Jane stuff. We also get to see a lot of the other characters. We get to see Lisa Rinna and Amelia Bedelia Hamlin bring up Scott Disick. Guys, we knew it. We knew it, but now we get to see it in action. Lisa Rinna is following the Kardashian pathway of using family using family members to to move themselves further in this chess match Lisa Rinna is playing with celebrity but I always think that's just so fucked up because you you really risk the mental health of your family and and for what for what for fame for money I mean actually those two things sound actually pretty good I'm kind of with her on that but I just I kind of thought it wouldn't be brought up and now Scott's name is being brought up so obviously Scott is aware unless Lisa's like kind of 
doing this behind the back. But even in that moment, you guys, and if you guys haven't seen it, it is on YouTube um, or just listen to me like, you know, and I can explain it to you. But in that moment, uh, Amelia Bedelia is talking to Lisa on FaceTime and she's like, I'm hanging out with my friend Scott. And she's making this big wide mouth, you know, like, "Ah!" and Lisa's like, huh, zoiks. I can't believe it. She's acting all dumb. It's like, zoiks. It's like, girl, this is what you've trained her for your entire life. And but by the way, we have an amazing show for you today. Uh, our guest today is a gentleman named Jacques Peterson. Um, and he is awesome. He hosts a podcast called Unpopular. And he was just great. We had the best time talking. And I tease him in this a lot. Um, and I'll just say it right now. Most of his opinions are wrong. We are the exact opposite on all of our Bravo opinions, and at the same time, I love that about him. I loved him. I thought he was so great. You guys are going to love him. Uh, Just so well-spoken, so funny, such a great accent, too. You always forget the, you know, that the American accent is kind of barbaric. You, you, you know, or maybe everybody finds their own accent bar- barbaric, but you hear like a British accent, a French accent, a Spanish accent. You know, these are beautiful languages, and maybe I just don't appreciate my language as much as I should. But, you know, I sat there listening to him, and you just got like, oh, my God, what a voice, you know? Um, but he was so great, and you're going to hear him talk. We talk about the trailer. We talk about Atlanta. We talk about New York, Beverly Hills. We go into all of it, and it was so great to get his opinions, and especially for somebody that lives overseas um, and to see how these shows travel. I thought that was so fascinating, so I can't wait for you to hear uh, us go because it just really is. It's good to have those people that you just have like a reality show Bravo discussion you know, and, and by the way, folks, it's not just Summer House. Like I said, I, I did get a couple um, emails of people that don't watch Summer House. So they thought I was talking about Summer House too much. So I want to this is this has it all. I think this is going to hit everybody's buttons. Wasn't Sophie Ross great yesterday, too? I am enjoying doing that with her every week so much. It's great to kind of like form that relationship and get to know somebody better through the power of podcasting. Um, but I didn't, I don't think I got to thank you guys for um, I, it was a banner week for the podcast last week in terms of downloads. And uh, it's uh, shocking. Thank you. I really, I just, I really appreciate it. And I guess I'm, I'm like Larry David in that sense where I'm like, oh my God, they're all going to stop listening this week. Well, we had a good run, didn't we? Um, Before I get back to the trailer, I still am at my parents' house. Bill and Becky Bailey are tucked away in bed right now. It's 12.36 a.m. on Tuesday morning. I I waited too long to do the wraparounds, and then I just kind of zoned out. Uh, I went on a long walk and then zoned out. And it's like, you know those times when you should be working and you just don't? You just stare ahead at a wall and just stare. You know, it's like where you're just like, no, no. Like there's that two, there's two sides of, of, of each of us. I think it's that side that knows exactly what they should be doing, what would be good for themselves. And then there's the other side, the more popular side where it's like, nah, I'm just going to sit here and waste that time. You're going to be You're going to be tired tomorrow, dude. That's right. (laughs) I'm going to waste all the time that you have right now. Enjoy working at 1am. Uh, I have a lot of that person in me. Um, it is funny. I'm going to go back to California, I think in a couple days here. And, um, it is so funny. I get a kick out of living with my 
or staying with my parents again. And my niece and nephew are over here all the time. And my, my uh, nephew, Watermelon, we call him, he's all, always over here. And I got to tell you, man, that kid is playing my parents. It's like they, you know, I got to I got to pull that kid aside and say, hey, I see what you're doing. I'm the only one that is going to loaf off my parents. I mean, my dad's out there buying him Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. This kid can get anything he wants. I didn't get this shit when I was growing up. And then my dad's like, they, 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 uh, he, he gets homeschooled. And sometimes my parents do it. And these, these, my parents are teaching him more shit than they ever taught me. I don't even get it. And then sometimes, you know, I can just, he's playing them. I don't bullshit a bullshitter. That's what I'm going to tell him. I'm going to pull him aside and go, Hey, don't bullshit a bullshitter kid. This is not going to fly. I am the only one that will ask for handouts for my parents. Period. (laughs) Um, no, actually he's amazing. And the other funny thing about my parents, so I have a birthday coming up in like a week or two. Yeah. It's, and, um, my mom, like, I don't, you know, I, I get really shy about shit like birthdays and stuff, but my mom, She's so funny. She was like, hmm, you know, you have your vaccine now and we have our vaccine. What would you think if we took you to and then it was um, uh, she said Clearwater, Florida. And no offense to anybody that Clearwater, Florida, Clearwater, Florida, just for uh, those keeping track at home is, is, is a, a town that Scientology built. And my parents went not because they're Scientologists, but just because they like vacation deals. They went a couple of years ago and they said it was lovely. They said it was so well groomed and you could walk to everywhere. <laughs> and so my parents, my mom, I don't think my dad is anything. My mom goes, you know, what if we, took you with us to Clearwater, Florida. And I'm like, what impression am I giving off that? I mean, I'm like, are they feeling bad for me? So they think I'm going to just travel with them for the rest. Like, and by the way, I know that's, I love my parents and I know I'm not, I'm not saying that wouldn't be amazing, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, do, do they think I've given up in life? Like, is this, is this the point where I just, am I, Am I moving back in with my parents? I mean, what what do they think is happening here? They asked me to come and visit, and now it's like, am I, am I the, am I the odd man out? Am I the am I the black sheep? Am I the black sheep that's like over? I don't know. It, it really threw me for a loop. And then my mom goes, and I go, and I didn't really know how to react to it. And I said, um, well, let me um, let me think about it. And I, you know, and she, and I I didn't think about it, and then. The next day, she goes, hey, did you think at all anymore about Clearwater, Florida? And I said, oh, no, I did not get to think about it, <laughs> which is so funny because does anybody ever schedule times to think about things? Like I should have like calendared out like 5 p.m. Think about Clearwater, Florida. And so then she goes, oh, well, I asked you to think about it. I go, I know it's podcast is so busy. And um, so then two days later she goes hey i'm getting the impression that you think you don't want to go to clearwater florida and i go i go huh i yeah i just didn't get to i was like i just didn't get to think about it because i don't know how to tell like how do you explain it to your mom that you're like i yeah i just i i appreciate the thought on like a birthday like that's like a big birthday gift but like 
wouldn't I, I do, do you guys know what I'm saying? Like if I was like 12 or 13, I think I would be like super psyched, but you know, I'm older by a couple of years than that. And it, it like, it, I don't know. There's part of it that makes me sad. Like visiting them here, it's like really kind of happy and it's takes my mind off a lot of things. But then if I traveled past state lines and it's not like my sister or anybody else is going, it's just my mom and my dad and me. And I feel like there's like an independent film in there somewhere that would be a heartwarming story about love and loss, you know, kind of like a little Miss Sunshine, but with me. You know, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. I, I don't know. And I don't know what to tell my mom because she was like, and I don't like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell her. And then my mom, I think she wants to come out to L.A. in May because my dad finally gets to go see my grandma in the nursing home at, in Columbus, Ohio, because they're finally letting people in again. And it's been a year. My grandma, 97 years old, you guys, and still kicking. So, I mean, he gets to go visit her. So my mom was like, oh, I want to come to L.A. And I think my mom, you know, and, and we're all vaccinated, but my mom is, uh, my mom's like, she's like, ooh, maybe you can take me to Buca de Beppo or, you know, Sir. My mom went to Sir and Tom Tom once. I think I put this on, this I think was up on the pod and we podcasted about it with my mom. But my mom loved the goat cheese balls at Sir. Um, when my mom went to Tom Tom, she met uh, Tom Schwartz, and he was so hammered. In fact, we have a lovely picture where it looks like he has drool running down his shirt. Um, but he was so nice, so nice. Um, and um, uh, Mr. Vanderpump Ken was there, and he, <laughs> my mom was a little tipsy, and we looked his age up on Wikipedia, and I think it said like seventy-two. And my mom was like, "There's no damn way he's seventy-two, not walking like that." Uh, my mom's very expressive and opinionated. So, so Becky Bailey might be visiting LA in May. Maybe I should do like a so bad. It's so bad. It's good. Meet. <laughs> okay. Let's get more into this, uh, this trailer before we get to our amazing guest. Oh, and, and before we do this, one last thing is that, uh, I, I read an article. I got a push alert today around like 5 PM that unfortunately, uh, Arclight Movie Theaters in uh, California and Pacific Theaters, which owns Arclight, uh, they announced that they will not be reopening their movie theaters when uh, that uh, goes back, when, when we're allowed to go to movie theaters full capacity. They've announced that they will not be a part of that. They will not be reopening. Now, for all you Angelinos, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Arclight. But for those who didn't, it is one of the uh, more popular movie theaters in Los Angeles. Uh, one of the first theaters that you could reserve your seats. Uh, it was just a very classy movie theater-going experience. And I have so many memories there. They also own the Cinerama Dome which is just world famous. You usually see that in any photo of Los Angeles. Most recently, it was in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Tarantino film. Um, but you'll always see pictures of like, you know, premiere day of Star Wars, 1977, that kind of thing. And I have so many, you know, it's like music. Movies have such a special place in our hearts and not just the movie themselves, but the experience, you know, it's all about the experience. It's all about that thing as a kid, when you remember going with your family or going with your best friend or sneaking into your first R rated movie, you know, you, you, we all have these experiences. Um, and I get so scared because I don't want it to go the way of blockbuster video, you know, which also had a lot of special memories for a lot of us. And movie theaters, I think, are worth fighting for. But, 
you think about it and you're like, it is going to, you know, I'm really curious what they're going to do to win over audiences again. I mean, this last year alone has proven that anything can be released on a TV screen and people will watch. How are we going to get people back in the theaters? And especially imagine get back in the theater and then all of a sudden you hear a kid cough, you know, you're going to be triggered. Um, but I'm really worried about it. And, 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 and the Arclight, it was one of those theaters that I did go to. We all went to in Los Angeles. It was a great movie-going experience. So I was very sad to hear about that because we're on the tail end of this thing. And you're like, fuck, I thought, I thought we beat this thing. Like it just, it's another reminder of, you know, when, when we fully get up and going, um, you know, we're going to have to look around and survey the damage and not just damage to, you know, our households with family members passing and, and really tragic things, but also the culture around us, um, you know, the culture, you know, these restaurants that are amazing, these things um, that give our city's flavor, you know, independent bookstores, movie stores, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, videos, not video, independent bookstores, um, uh, like record stores, Amoeba Records, they just moved to a small... Anyways, I just was thinking about that, about how much culture we might be losing because of that. And of course, the positive aspect of that is that, well, we rebuild, you know, we come back stronger. And I hope, I hope that is the case. And I think that is the attitude I'm going to try to go in with. And I hopefully you do too. Um, But what is, I guess, the positive thing is that, you know, anything can be rebuilt. And what's nice is that we don't have to rebuild these things that we love, like Bravo, like reality television, like pop culture. That is thriving. After watching the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer today, you remember how excited you get about these things. These things are benchmarks in our lives. As much as we laugh about them, it is huge. I mean, it can put a smile on our face. I talked with our guest today, Jacques, about sometimes being jaded about these shows. But then you wake up and you see one of these trailers and you're like, I'm back in, baby. Throw Erica Jane in jail. Yeah. And I think that's the special thing is that these shows will always be here for us. So hats off to Bravo on the trailer. And just a reminder, uh, Real Housewives of New York is coming back, I believe, at the end of April or, or end of April, beginning of May. And then a couple weeks later, we have Beverly Hills. So, I mean, get rest up, you guys, because we are in for a summer so get your rest now and, and get ready to party because in May, it, it, you know, it's full metal jacket. It's it's game on. Game on like Donkey Kong. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said that. Okay, so let's go over this trailer a little bit more beat by beat, and then we'll get to our guest, okay? Guys, why don't we play this game where we say two truths and one lie? So we see all the ladies around playing a game. They all have drinks in their hand. They're smiling, and Dorit says, you know, let's play this game. Two truths and one lie. And we have to guess what's the lie. Okay. Okay? Two truths and a lie. Let's hear it, Erica. Here it is. You ready? And right there is our first look at Erica Jane. And she says, two truths and a lie? Which in our head, we're like, holy shit. A lie. A lie like Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. That's the lie. Is that what they're about to talk about? It is so thrilling. I did not see it ending this way. I was going to hold that man's hand till he died. So then that takes place at a dinner table where Erica Jane says, I didn't see it coming. 
I'm sure that episode will specify what it is, and then says, I was going to hold that man's hand until he dies. Probably because there was a lot of jewelry on that hand and she wanted to get first access at it. But still, she's letting the ladies know she was committed to this man. So obviously we are to speculate that, you know, whatever she has found out, what we found out has changed things. And then they do a uh, pan over to Sutton and Sutton's not really making a face. But at the same time, we see the wheels turning in her head like, I don't believe you at all, Erica. And then... On the screen, it goes to like a white background and it says, what is the truth? With any of the lawsuits, like, did you have a heads up? Is that why you got divorced? No, I did not. And you guys, they do this in the trailer a couple times. They are doing these sweeping camera shots, which at first I was like, oh my God, they've got a helicopter camera. And then I realized they're just drones. But they did this sweet and, and, and Garcelle and Erica are in the desert on top of a top of some sort of mountain structure and Garcelle asked that like you know with all these lawsuits you get a heads up and she's and Erica's in black sunglasses and just she's showing nothing poker face and she says no I did not and she is serving like 1940s movie star villain realness also kind of reminds me of Sharon Stone and basic instinct a little bit but it's eerie and why are they on top of a mountain in the desert I I mean at first I was like Garcelle run Eric is going to push you over if you have your wallet open orphans and widows it makes you feel sick did you know any of this no one knows the answer but him. And do you guys hear the music? It's like dun 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 And so then uh there's the white screen and it goes, What is the lie? So the first sentence is like, What is the truth? What is the lie? And then it shows another dinner party, and uh Dorit says, you know, children and orphans, oh my, you know, because that's what you know where Tom stole from. And Erica is pretty much saying, I do not know anything. No one knows the answer but him, Erica Jane says exactly. And then we get a quick shot of Garcelle who gives a little, she's playing with her earring and she's like, eh, I don't believe him. She's like, something's fishy. She's like, something fit, something ain't right here. You know, she's like doing, she's exactly what we would be saying as the audience. If like, Wow. Like, I now want to see Garcelle react to the Jen Shaw case. I could just watch Garcelle react to things because I feel like she's the everyman. She is us. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm looking. <laughs> I think I might be looking into this trailer too deeply, but that's what it is. What's wrong with being fake and phony sometimes? <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. And then it's the white screen, the white screen, and it, and it has the the words, and who is being played? And then Lisa Rinna says, you know, what's wrong with being fake and phony sometime? And you know, Kyle's like, I never thought about it that way. Lisa is fake, and what is wrong with being fake and phony sometimes? Uh, Lisa, do you mean like what is wrong with being fake and phony all the time? That's how Lisa plays her whole game is being fake and funny, phony. I love that that's said though, and I hope she is called out on that bullshit. This season on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes! I love my job! I'm the king of the world! Buy it! Buy it! Buy it! How much is that? 1.2 million. Wow! Who wants 
needs to kick in a little something to buy this away. You need to kick in my legal fund, you bitch. So, of course, we get a lot of, like, quick clips. They're in the the desert, like a, like a gold mining thing. They're on these little, like, train tracks, gold mining, which probably is why Garcelle and Erica Jane were on that desert mountain. So it's probably the same trip. Then they're on a boat, and somebody's making fun of it, like, I'm a king of the world, like Titanic. Then we're at a jewelry place. And, uh, you know, I think Kyle's trying on jewelry, 1.25 million, and everybody's going, buy it, buy it. And then Erica Jane is like, you got to kick in for my legal fund. No, 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 we don't. And it's somewhere around 53 million. I've never felt so poor. We get our first glimpse of the one and only Kathy Hilton uh, in this scene, and she is wearing what looks to be a lampshade on her head. I don't know if it's the exact one from A Christmas Story uh, when, uh, you know, the the leg lamp. Uh, It's a very similar hat. Um, It also looks like one of those hats, like uh, bathing, uh, like, you know, those choreographed swimmers from the 1930s. Kind of looks like one of those hats, too. But her and... uh, Sutton are touring a $53 million mansion, I believe. Maybe it's Kathy's mansion. I'm not sure. <laughs> In my life. Kathy Elton's here. Look how beautiful. That's the way we like it. So we have more of Kathy Hilton, of course, the introduction. There is a dinner table that is being set up and Kathy Hilton is walking out of a kitchen saying that's the way we like it, which, you know, imagines and what we've heard that Kathy Hilton is very specific. Uh, It is a true uh, mystery how she even got to be on this show because she does like to play things very close to the vest. Of course, we probably will get a Paris Hilton cameo, even though she is not in this trailer, but it'll be fascinating to see how this show uses her, especially with her being as private as she is. Also, then in these clips, we get uh, ba-boom, ba-boom, like these girls, uh, Lisa and Dorit, in these sparkly pants, and they're like doing sexy or what Lisa thinks is sexy kind of movement. And then we get Dorit in a beautiful, stunning uh, gown, and she's like, you know, ba-ba-ba-boom, trying to be sexy. I will say about this trailer, very interesting, we do not see any of the house husbands of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No PK, no Mauricio. Uh, so I thought that was interesting as well. Hi! Woo! Crystal, Crystal! Why have you been hiding this body? So then it seems like we're at this other, like, kind of like an, I think an Asian-inspired uh, dinner where it has like these kind of like the dragon dancers. It's all red. And that's when we get introduced to Crystal Minkoff, I believe her name is. And she is the new cast member, Asian American, I believe. Um, Garcelle introduces her and then says, where have you been hiding this body? Because she's, um, I don't know how you say it. She's got like a rack. And um, uh, they're like, va, 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 boom, you know? Hey, you're an inappropriate, awkward person because you're jealous. Whoa. Period. You crystal jealous of what your ugly leather pants uh, right there is one of my favorite uh, scenes of the trailer is Crystal Minkoff tells Sutton she is 
an awkward, like spiteful person. Like an uh, like I love I love when somebody calls somebody awkward. Like that's what I feel somebody would call me at some point, and they would like I would be like, yeah, goddamn, you're right, I am awkward. But they she nails Sutton with this, and Sutton's like, then says that Sutton's jealous, and Sutton in a pure Sutton fashion says, what am I jealous of? Your ugly leather pants, guys. I don't know style. I don't believe that they have men's leather pants at Old Navy, so I wouldn't know from Adam about that. But they look like fine leather pants but i love sutton because remember sutton is so picky about fashion some of my favorite moments was when she was kind of distasteful about what teddy would wear really love sutton for that so i mean sutton is giving us sutton realness sutton is so her facial these ladies and their faces it's so such good face work like i i say later in this interview it reminds me of like faye dunaway and mommy dearest because she just looks like she's about to explode at any given second. Like, you you know, it's like she's one of those people that seems like they could be having a great day and it could turn on a dime in a second. So you always have to, like, be scared about what's potentially bubbling underneath the surface. I texted her and I didn't hear back. Kim changed her number. She did. How would you guys feel if I got married again? I wouldn't like it. I'm going with my friends. <laughs> So we get three quick scenes there. Kathy telling Kyle that Kim Richards has changed her number. Kyle has reached out to her and didn't know that her number was changed. Brutal. Uh, Garcelle asking her sons, well, what would you guys feel if I got married again? They didn't feel good about it. And then the piece de resistance, the uh, FaceTime with one Amelia Bedelia Hamlin, telling Lisa that she's going with her friend Scott. And Lisa going, zoiks. He's too damn old. I know. He's old. And he's got three kids. I love this because then it's Kyle saying he's old and he's got three kids, which is, you know, what all of everyone is thinking. Uh, but I love that they're going to bring it up. And, and you know, we I'm so curious what Lisa will fight back with. I bet. And let's let's all place our bets. Maybe we'll do a so bad it's good bet. I bet Lisa says something like Harry's older than me and we're still in love or she's a working girl. She, you know, she's an old soul. I bet that's one of them. Or it could be she's been working since she was 13. You know, girls in Hollywood, you know, if you're 19, that's going on 35 in Hollywood. I bet you anything it's one of those you don't see color are you serious with me right now i believe this is another scene with crystal and sutton you don't see color and sutton like how dare you call me out on that which will be very interesting to see how uh race uh plays a part in uh race and ethnicity play a part in this season if it does play a part which i think it will i am not a liar you have a lot of nerve don't talk to me like that. Or what? Seriously. Or what? <laughs> or nothing. Right, exactly. I Shut up. So this is another amazing scene at another dinner. Erica Jane and Sutton. Erica Jane saying, I am not a liar. And I gotta give it to Erica Jane. The enunciation in this scene is just, as somebody with a theater background, you really have to appreciate how hard Erica Jane is enunciating. So she's going, you know, I'm not a liar. Well, I didn't. And she goes, or what? What? And I wish you could see my face because I'm diphthonging with my tongue. What? I'm bouncing my tongue off the top of my mouth like Erica Jane in this scene. And 
just her jaw work alone. I, I, I have to imagine like Cirque du Soleil, she had to train for months to do this. And it is so specific and such an interesting way to move your mouth that part of me does think, is this rehearsed? I hate that I think that, but I'm like, this is such an interesting way of speaking. And of course, it's a throwback to uh, when they visited China and Erica Jane supposedly was rattled from, you know, jet lag and was like, you don't know, you don't know what I go through at night. Remember? Remember when she was, (laughs) oh my God, that was such a crazy scene. But we get flashes of that in this scene where Erica Jane really tries to shut down any, you know, if she's trying to shut down any kind of aspect of her being a liar, we see that she's going to go for the jugular and going to go hard. So I find that interesting. Erica. Life is a poker game and everybody's got to show their cards. Kathy, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And of course it ends with a pig noise. Would I like a fart noise? Sure, but I'll take a pig noise. So, you know, obviously, I love that it ends with Kathy Hilton saying, you know, life's like a poker game. Everybody's got to show their cards. And Kyle going, shut up, Kathy. (laughs) I got to say, Kathy Hilton, you know, I'm just listening back in my headphones. She sounds a lot like Martha Stewart. Close your eyes and picture Martha Stewart. It sounds a lot like Kathy Hilton. So you guys, all in all, I am thrilled. I am beyond thrilled that we get this. We need this. We deserve this as a nation. I think this will help us heal. Um, And uh, I wanted to, and and real quick, before we get into our interview, there is so much craziness going out in there in the world again um, today. Unfortunately, these horrific things keep happening. Um... And I, uh, sometimes I get um, not nervous. Sometimes I don't know if I have the right thing to say about what is happening in our world and the violence um, that uh, seems to be happening. And, and uh, I want to think about my thoughts. I want to think about this a little more and be able to clearly speak on what I see happening in the nation. And I know this is primarily a humor podcast, a pop culture podcast, but I would be remiss if sometimes I didn't say something because at the end of the day, I see these things that happen on the news and I get really scared, you know, and sometimes I do need to talk that out myself. Um, I am lucky that I am in a really, (laughs) I hate to say the sweet spot, but I'm a cis white male in this country and i have been really really privileged with a lot of things um with most things um but i I see these things and sometimes i don't necessarily understand the world around me so i will dive into tv and music and movies and i find a lot of comfort and joy there and i hope you guys do as well um but i just want to say i'm not unaware of things that go on in the world um, a lot of my uh, my fellow podcasters, fellow Instagrammers, uh, usually speak much more clearly about this than I do. So I sometimes like to gather my thoughts, and um, before I try to speak about something, so I can be a little informed and um, and not as big of a goofball as I sometimes come off. But I just don't want um, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll talk to you guys more about this at a later point. Um, but I, I sometimes, not sometimes, I am very disturbed by a lot of the things that I see. And at the end of the day, I want to uh, provide hope for, for anybody or just provide uh, joy and happiness and, and these things that I think can be positive in this world because there is so much positive that we can 
put in this world and that is already there. So um, on that note, I, I want to put a lot of positivity back with this next conversation. Uh, his name is Jacques Peterson. He is an Australian podcaster. He's a writer. Um, he is just a really funny dude, a really smart dude. I love his opinions. I disagree with all of his opinions, but I love, love, love this conversation. And I think you're going to have so much fun with it. I really would recommend you checking out his podcast, Unpopular. I will put all the information on the show description, uh, but I think you're going to love him as much as I did. So ladies and gentlemen, Jacques Peterson. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as I say every week, um, uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, those have been my friends for so long, and I know that it can be a um, a horrible hellhole at times for a lot of people, but I think there are so many positive uh, positives about this. Uh, and one of those is our next guest who actually has a podcast that I need you guys to check out. Um, it is called Unpopular. Um, unpopular podcast. It was formerly a, a different name, which we'll get into, but it is now unpopular podcast and it is damn good. You got to check this out. And what I love about the podcast and what I love about his opinions is that I don't agree with them all the time is that I sometimes go, no, that's not how I feel. But what I love about this community, this fan base, and anybody that loves anything is that you can have dis disagreements. You can actually listen to somebody else's opinion. And I think that's why I love his podcast and I love his Twitter. Twitter. So without further ado, we need to find out all about this guy, or I do, and you're just going to be along for the ride. So Jacques Peterson, welcome to the show. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I was going to kiss your butt in an intro, but I mean, you did. Well, we'll save that for me. your podcast. Save that for your <laughs> podcast. And then, well, so uh, I, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but I'm hearing an accent. Is that, is that uh, the case? It, yes. Australian, Aussie. Australia. So you're in Australia right now. Yes. I like Hannah Ferrier from Below Deck. I love Hannah Ferrier. I mean, do you, I mean, you, I think you've spoken to Hannah Ferrier, right? No, you just spoke to somebody from Below Deck Sailing Yacht a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Look, I've had a few. I've had um, Ali from Sailing Yacht on. I've had Izzy and Chef Rachel from the main How Below Deck. How was Izzy? Izzy's amazing. She's so cool. She's I loved hilarious. her so much on the show and I loved that uh, you saw her get confidence in her job and herself. And I always love those things. And I think audiences really follow that of like, it's not all who you're sleeping with and who you're lying to, but you actually sometimes see a positive change in these characters. Yeah. And you know what? That is totally real. And now that I've actually chatted to a lot of the Below Deck people kind of like off the record privately, Below Deck is not a fake show. Like every single one of them has told me, no, it's not produced. Like this is all real. As The, the most produced thing on Below Deck is, I think, is that they get the, the guests to be more divas than they would be in real what you, life. You know, that, what you mean? Like the guests, what was the guest last week? The family, the wild family with oh the, my, uh, the gay family, Barry, they were out of control. Um, and the daughter, <laughs> I, I started researching the daughter and and the the British press of the tabloids over there, I guess, did like an article on how many plastic surgeries she had gotten. And oh, my, I need to see that. It was insane. I mean, because I, I don't know that whole story. If you guys watch Below Deck Sailing Yacht, I really recommend it. I enjoy it so much more than this past season of Below Deck. Um, for some reason, I, I'm just a, 
I'm a weird geek where I'm just, I get fascinated with like sales. I'm like, Ooh, look at the sales are big. <laughs> I didn't even know that say, I didn't know sailing was an actual thing until I watched sailing. Yacht. I thought sailing meant there's a boat in the water and it's moving. I didn't know that there was an actual action. <laughs> well, no, I, think, sailing. <laughs> I think, I think it's both actually. I, I don't know what the professionals uh, call it, but I think it, the, the secret to it too, I think is like top chef or project runway where it kind of involves a talent at the end of the day. Like they're sailing something or they're making food. Whereas the housewives, what would you say their overarching talent is? Um, <laughs> crickets. See? You can't I, say that there's I'm no so, talent. I'm so over the housewives lately, honestly. Like I'm really you like said housewives. that. You yeah, said and, that on your last podcast. Yeah. I mean, I say it every podcast and I hate it because I sound like such a negative Nancy and I'm like, I didn't want to be that person. But Below Deck has been kind of a shining light for me because it has kept me like into Bravo because I find it so fun and I'm like new to the Below Deck franchise. So I'm like obsessed with Below Deck now. Yeah, I already have 40 questions I need to ask you. So I guess we should start from the beginning. Where were you born? No, I'm uh, so Australia. <laughs> I guess my my big question is what led you to do a podcast? What led you to be on Twitter? What what even led you to like these shows? How do you consume these shows over there? Because we're used to, of course, having Bravo here in America. How does it travel over to where you are? These are just basic questions that I'm sure everybody might wonder is like, where are you? Are you watching Hey You or Hi You or whatever it is? Okay, that's like 10 questions in one, but let's, I know, let's, so let's try it. Um, <laughs> I Okay, how did I start watching Housewives? Okay, for a long time, it was really hard to get American reality TV in Australia unless you like paid for cable. So I was not watching the Housewives from the start. Uh, I did watch a little bit of Atlanta and I watched another one and I would like download it on torrent websites or something. This is about 10-ish years ago. And then at some point I just decided... I love this shit. I really need to like get into this. And I started doing the, I'm going to watch everything from the beginning. Literally took years. I mean, years to catch up on every single Housewives franchise. I mean, I'm still not up to date on every Bravo show. Like I only just did the whole Summer House like rewatch. Like it is, I would say it's taken me the last over five years actually to catch up because there's so much. And then you watch other stuff that's like not Bravo. Um, now I can get everything through Hey You. And it is interesting because since Hey You did come to Australia, I noticed that there are a lot more people now that are like aware of Housewives and aware of Bravo shows and are up to date on that. Whereas before you had to be, you had to be like savvy enough to know how to like, you know, download things illegally. And a lot of people are <laughs> Imagine getting arrested for housewives. Imagine <laughs> having to go to jail because you downloaded Potomac or something. Um, I think that's one of the only, I, I've been talking recently of uh, the fan base. Does it ever, are we just like the same 30 people watching these shows and talking about these shows and making noise or does Bravo continually get new people coming to watch these shows? And it kind of makes me kind of like excites me to hear that there's a potential for people overseas to discover these shows. And maybe that's where uh, the hope lies for Bravo to continue some sort of dominance. Well, I would say that that was a, a few years ago was the Hey You thing started happening because I'm noticing Housewives fatigue across the board. It's definitely not me. I <laughs> that mean, could be I'm COVID. Just, that could be COVID. That's... Yeah, I know. I mean, I just don't think the shows are as good. But then I think that when a show comes along that is really good, like I have noticed there's a lot of excitement around Below Deck. Um, and there are shows that are still like 
the people are still really enjoying. I feel like I didn't like Salt Lake City. I thought it was terrible, but I it did get a See, lot of this excitement. was one of your opinions. This was one of your opinions <laughs> that I was like, how dare this man? I need to I I see this is you had this and there was another opinion I believe you had on Rena at some point, which well, I, I love Lisa Rena. I hate Lisa Rinna, so I cannot <laughs> wait to. But see, that's what I'm telling. I tell the audience all the time is that it's okay. You, everybody can have their opinions. There's room in the sandbox for everybody. And I, I'm so excited that we get to talk to you on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer today uh, to get your thoughts on that. But okay, so what? What I mean, also, what is? What do you do for a job? Is this your job? Is, are you the Australian version of me? Oh God, I wish. Um, not yet. Hopefully by the end, I'm like at, by the end of the year, if I'm not, if I'm not seeing like some potential in this going somewhere, like I'm giving it up. Cause it's so much fucking hard work as you know. Right? Isn't it crazy? I'm, I'm like seven <laughs> days a week. Cause I have my main job. Oh, so you don't know where I work. You'll die. I think I, I do, yeah. but I don't, I want to, is it, is it, is it one of my favorite uh, online publications? <laughs> it is. <laughs> So if I'm correct, you guys, we're speaking to somebody that works at the one and only Daily Mail. Um, and if anybody listens to this podcast, I I worship at the altar of Daily Mail. What do you do for Daily? Is there any way you can get my name in there somewhere? That is on my vision board um, to get my name in the Daily Mail. So, and for not for not killing anybody. I, I want to do it like the right way, you know? Um, yeah, actually, I can. If you next time you interview an Australian celebrity, that's the bad thing about working at Daily Mail Australia is that. 90 something percent of the the things that I cover are local Australian celebrities who are boring as fuck. But if you interview an Australian so celebrity- I need to get Chris Hemsworth or somebody? No, to, if you, uh, you, even if it's Hannah Ferrier or something, just okay. something with an Australian angle, then I can get you in there. What about somebody that can do an Australian <laughs> accent? Does that count as a really good one? We just, the people we cover are, you would, they're just like wags that you would have never heard of. It's the most bizarre Australian celebrities. Um, A lot of our local Australian reality stars who are awful, like Australian bachelor stars and stuff. Um, I mean, you know, I would love to be at the Daily Mail US. I feel like that's the gold standard. Well, I mean, did you get a job there because you've always loved pop culture? You've always loved uh, everything surrounding this kind of stuff? No, I got a job there out of desperation because I was about to be out on the street. So I... <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I originally was a blogger. I was a music blogger. I had a really popular music blog way back in the day when blogs were still relevant. Uh, eventually, you know, I back then I didn't understand about how to like monetize things and stuff. I wasn't as savvy as I am now. I was just like sitting in my room blogging. So... That kind of petered out after a while and I had to enter the the real workforce and I was actually like a music reviewer and I did a lot of um, K-pop type stuff yeah. before K-pop was like big. Um, I was covering K-pop like professionally. I was getting paid to do that. I had this like K-pop kind of radio show in Australia that I did with some other people uh, for an Australian network here and then that wrapped up and then I'm like, okay, like, what am I going to do? I need a job and I don't have any other skills. <laughs> and then I saw Daily Mail was hiring trainee <laughs> journalists. I'm like, well, I've had a blog and let me get in. Then it's just, it's. See what I love. I, I was talking about this last week is that I was talking about people that have, I, I talked to the producer of summer house and he was telling me how he really wants to do scripted television. And I was like, does any, like to me, his job producing summer house, like that's a dream job to me, your job at daily mail, that's a dream job. So it always cracks me up when people are like, ah, you know, I had to, I had to make money or I'd be out on the streets. And I'm like, that's what I would actually go for. Like, I mean, that's a dream job. 
you know, it, it's like the grass is always greener. Yeah. Things look a certain way. <laughs> like I better not say too much, but you know what? I would love to become a professional podcaster one day. So fingers crossed for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fingers crossed for both of us, but um, okay. So, and actually I know this jumps around a lot, but K-pop is always fascinating to me or, and beginning to be more so. What do you think the draw of K-pop is? Of course we know like BTS and I, I was just, kind of in like uh, BTS and uh, what is it? Blackpink that are like yeah, huge right now. Uh, they have really crossed over in, in the States now, which is, it's wild to see because I was doing K-pop like 10 years ago when no one in, cause I had like a, I covered like Western music and stuff, but I started incorporating K-pop more and more because I became obsessed with it. And the pushback was huge and people were like, it's never going to go anywhere. No one cares about this. And now it's like the biggest, like BTS and Blackpink are going like number one on the charts. They've got, you know, hundred million followers on every social I mean, the, media. The platform. precision is insane. The precision. Is that the draw of, of K-pop yeah. is just the, the insane precision. Yeah, well, I mean, they actually, they they train, it's like the, you know, the old days where, you know, you had artist development and stuff. You don't have that now because labels don't have budgets or anything. So the K-pop people go through years of training, practicing to do choreography. They're doing things on stage that Western artists just cannot do. I also think that the music is more creative um you know it gets a it gets a bad rap because the music is manufactured which it is but that doesn't mean that it's bad you know k-pop pulls from music in europe you know american music you know pop culture in asia like it pulls all these different influences and kind of puts them together in a really interesting commercial way and yeah i just love it there's pretty much still all i listen to is my taste is really strange like i'm either listening just to yeah, like you like lisa renner yeah, or, or I'm listening to like indie music. There's no, I don't listen to wait, so that Wait, much. what kind of indie music do you like? Do you like Boney Bear? Do you like, uh, I mean, what is considered indie in Australia? Oh, like everything. Like I love like Kurt Vile. Um, oh, he's one of my ah. <laughs> I've seen him in live a couple times. Did you know that I didn't realize he was a, originally a member of the War on Drugs? Oh, I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? But I have a really, my my music taste is pretty broad. Like I like country music too. I like hip hop. You know, I like a lot of stuff. But in terms of like pop music, I definitely prefer like J-pop and K-pop instead of like American pop. Now, in terms of housewives, uh, who's your favorite musician housewife? Is it (laughs) my favorite? Um, uh, Melissa Gorga, if you will. No, I think the Countess, because I think she's actually had probably the best music career. Like, I even loved the last one, uh, Viva La Diva. Viva La Diva, or whatever. Yeah. That, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, Luann. It I was think produced has- by Desmond Child. Who I know. I, I was just like, what is going on? The Desmond Child is producing Countess Luann. And I was like, oh, Desmond Child was really big 20 years ago. Like, is he in his housewives producing phase, you know? <laughs> oh my God, I hope not. I don't know. It's just, it is kind of cool to see her working with real musicians because you would never have expected that before. But I feel like there are other housewives that they could have stuck with their, you know, the thing with Luann is she's stuck with it and she's tried to put out like good songs, whereas the other ones are happy to kind of do a novel song here and there and then disappear but Luann is like stuck with it obviously we've all seen the cabaret show thing <laughs> play out and I, I think she's great well what I love about Luann is she is not the best singer she is not but like what you said she stuck with it and I feel like that's a lot with things in life like even you know me growing up being an actor it wasn't I saw people that I coached all the time that it wasn't that they were the the best at all it's just that they didn't give up and Luann has stuck with it. And it's so nice, even if she's not like, you know, 
whoever she's not black pink at all yeah. <laughs> but she's stuck with it and it's nice to see things happen when somebody doesn't give up even if they might be wildly you know unfit for a pop star you know i think her songs are genuinely good i think they're good songs i really like them totally yeah (laughs) money can't buy you class i actually do sing sometimes in a non-joking way Uh, i just uh i'm excited to see what this next season will bring for her because we're now less than a month away from real housewives of new york and of course we got today i think may 17th is the premiere for real housewives of beverly hills so we're in for a wild may so i hope everybody's getting their rest in uh between those two shows is there one that you're looking um looking forward to more Oh, Beverly Hills, definitely. I've really, I, you know, I hate Lisa Vanderpump. And ever since they got rid of Lisa Vanderpump <laughs> on Beverly Hills, I've been obsessed with it again because I was really like, it was just killing me. Why um, don't you like Lisa Vanderpump? I've seen you tweet this before too. Oh my, it's like all I tweet. I mean, I've stopped now that she's <laughs> when I've she stopped was, now that she's gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I make fun of the overserved ratings because they're so bad, which I you love. You do. To see. Overserved is so it's so sad. It's it's like a point two rating, you guys, which is less than like two hundred thousand viewers. And I know E isn't, you know, king shit anymore, but I would think if you you're on after the Kardashians, you'd get a little spillover, you know? I mean, who opens their season with Lance Bass as a guest? Like nothing against Lance Bass, but We've we've seen him so many times on all of these shows. He's hardly A-list anymore. I know that he's a real friend of Lisa's, but at least like stick him in the middle of the season. Like, wouldn't you open a season with a big it's just it's just a mess. After like, he I, did Jackson Britney's wedding, I was through with Lance Bass. Oh, you know, I love Jackson Britney, so that's one of my other Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> we've got guys, I don't even know if this is a real person anymore. I think this is a person created to prank me. Why <laughs> the hell? All right, so you're the one looking forward to Jackson Britney's off off spring oh my god i can't i'm so upset that they're not on the show anymore i wanted to see them as parents i was <laughs> okay, like i, I will, I, will the dad. I completely agree with you on that i've come around this last couple of months to thinking he's bragging so much about being a dad already before the baby comes that now i'm actually curious to see if he is as excited as he you know i want to kind of see those first couple months Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably going through a lot in terms of not being on the show because I think it is really hard for someone when they've been on television for that long. And they've been, I mean, Jack's carried that fucking show every season. Like, but he he carried it because he did insane. Like, he'll say that it's, he'll say he did it for the show. And no, he did it because he's like genuinely potentially a bad person at a certain point that loves cheating and stealing. I think it's both. I think <laughs> I think it's both. But, you know, so it's probably a really hard come down for him and they would have had certain financial plans, obviously expecting that paycheck coming through. So, I mean, I feel bad for them and I don't understand why people suddenly hate Britney because she was like the nicest person on that show. Everyone liked her and now it's kind of like it's become uncool to like anyone from Vanderpump Rules. And then I see people shitting on Britney all the time and talking about how fat she looks now she's pregnant. It's like, leave her alone. Well, that, <laughs> that, part, alone. that part's insane. Like, I, I don't, I mean, the, the the pregnant thing, you cannot help. Like certain people, yeah, it's like Sheena, for some reason, looks amazing pregnant. <laughs> You know, and 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 I'm sure Sheena will be pregnant many times after this. But unfortunately, Brittany cannot help how somebody carries a baby. I mean, that part I do think is ridiculous. I dislike Brittany because she loves Jax. That is my <laughs> only reason why I dislike Brittany. Because I'm like, how did he? I mean, just where we were in the season, you guys, just to remind you, he he was caught on tape calling her like ugly and fat, and he didn't want to have kids with her. And then his dad passed away, and then he leaned on Brittany even harder, and then that kind of supposedly 
gave Jax the impetus to change and be a good person all of a sudden? That was his storyline? I mean, I don't know. I think it did affect him a lot. I really do think that's genuine because you even see some of the tweets that he puts out about his dad and stuff. I think that that actually has had a big impact on him, whether it's big enough to completely change his entire personality. I don't know, (laughs) but I just had a thought when you were talking about Britney then, which I haven't thought about, but we've seen Britney stick by Jax all this time. And obviously part of his allure and what makes him attractive is that he's the star of this big show. And now I'm wondering is she going to feel the same? And I'm not saying that she's thirsty. I'm just saying that she's going to see him in a different light now that he's not on TV and that he's out in the real world and he's not Mr. Famous Jackson. Now I'm like, Oh God. I mean, I do think that was one of the main things that, well, I mean, I'm, he's a very good looking guy, but I think Mm. that is one of the main things that attracted Brittany to Jax was that this was a star and she wanted to get out of Kentucky. She admits that she tried to be on the bachelor at one point as a contestant. She was, I didn't know that she was a Hooters girl. She had headshots. So this was something, and I I don't, I'm not saying she slept with Jax because of this, but I'm saying it makes it even more attractive. If you have a star, you bump into even a reality star. That's gotta be really exciting for somebody that has stars in their eyes. And then on top of it, Jax was in, I'm sure that whole process is like really romantic, but you're right. I am curious when she sees sometimes all the hate there is out there for Jax and all the hate that he gives back. Um, mm-hmm. If she ever has positive, like it would be nice to be on the winning team, you know, like if yeah. she ever gets nervous. Well, she gets the hate too, because of, because of her association to Jax, which I do think is unfair. Cause I've never heard, like if you listen to Vanderpump rules, people on like podcasts and stuff, they've never said anything bad about Britney. They're like, don't talk bad about Britney. She's like the greatest person ever. Like never heard one bad word about Britney, but she ends up getting a lot of hate just by default for being associated with Jax. I, I think that if Jax can't step up to the plate as a dad, he might be in trouble in that relationship. Oh my God. She what if we get like... an Instagram post where Brittany cuts him loose over her Instagram? It's oh, like, he's not way. cutting it as a dad, folks. He's out. <laughs> the most like, I don't know. Ever. I love, I'm rooting for them. I want the best for them. Like I want them to prove the haters wrong. I want Jax. I want fatherhood to change Jax and for him to, I mean, I, th- but if it changed Jax, we would never, I feel like if he truly was changed, we would never see that guy online as well because he would realize the best things in his life are his wife and his child, and he doesn't need anything like, you know, hey, Doritos, I love your product. Can you send me a box? Like, he doesn't need any of that at the end of the day. That's when I would actually trust that he had changed. Yeah, I mean, look, well, I think we're going to be on Jack's baby watch too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the way, it could be happening right now, which is, uh, I'm so excited to get blocked by that baby. Um You said you're excited about Beverly Hills. Why are you excited about Beverly Hills? And what did you feel about last season? Of course, reminding everybody we dealt with the Denise Richards, Brandy Glanville, uh, and then Lisa Renner, of course, inserted herself. What did you think of that? And why are you excited for it to come back? Uh, well, I loved last season. It was amazing. Um, I, it was fun seeing Denise get dragged and exposed because I hate when people aren't honest on on these shows. But we're sure. Wait, wait. You trust Brandy like that? But also, if yes. you, if you go if if you if you hook up with a girl, like what about? you know, like keeping that a secret, like sexy stuff is personal. All of a sudden she gets busted out on TV. I don't think she was expecting that. Well, she wasn't, but she should have owned it because that's what you signed up for. That's what these shows are about. So, you know, I really don't. It is funny. These are what those shows are about. And I think Denise like didn't pay attention like during the housewives training because you could see the shock in her eyes when Lisa keeps coming for her. And she's like, 
why are you doing this? We used to be friends. What are you doing? You know, I think, I think she knew what she was, but I just think that she thought she could be above it. I think she thought, I know what it's about, but that's not going to happen to me. So she thought that she could keep all of these secrets. I mean, Denise was completely in the wrong. People were insane. Uh, People just (laughs) wanted to hate on, you know, Teddy and Kyle and stuff. So they all took that side. I mean, we, her and Aaron were nuts. We saw his rants about like big farmer and stuff. They're crazy Uh, people. Well, wait, wait. Do you, I, I regret every day that we will need, we will not see him this season. I would have loved. Could you imagine his monologue on COVID? Like oh my he would, god! He would, would be, be like, so "I have good. the cure. I'm the only me and my me and my huge dong has the cure to COVID." <laughs> I, by the way, I just want to add that I actually, I like Denise. I wasn't like hating on Denise. I was just like, you're lying. And I think the fans annoyed me. So I had to push back on Denise because I'm a longtime Denise Richards fan, like just from her movies and everything. I think she's amazing. Uh, But yeah, just tell the truth. If you go on one of these shows, it's simple as that. I like what you said in the terms of, it is interesting that as these shows go into like a decade plus of, of seasons is that there almost seems to be now the, the fans almost make it like, survivor not in the sense of who gets kicked Mm. off the island but there are rules you know like one being own it you know to like there are certain rules like you know maybe one is don't talk about the kids so when these rules like get broken you know it is weird that's when the fan base really reacts because we've set these rules uh just from watching so many seasons I mean, the fans are awful. The first, sorry, and sorry, fans <laughs> listening. Not you guys, you guys are the best, and this guy's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the so bad it's good listeners and unpopular listeners. We love you. Everyone else, you're the worst. Um, <laughs> the fans are insane. I feel like they've kind of ruined the show in some ways because it's like it's so. Oh. Into, and I'm guilty of this too. So I'm guilty I'm, of it too. I ruin yeah. these shows for people too. Yes, I'm. Like, I mean, my, the way that I came after Lisa Vanderpump for a long time, like a deranged, rabid dog, like I throw myself in that category, but the the fans are insane. I feel like they go too far. And then it's like the housewives as well. They're all self-producing. It's why the shows, you, you can never get the old housewives back because the housewives now have, they've watched the show so much that they know the formula. So exactly. they come in exactly. self-producing and then they're also scared of the fans on social media because the, and all their, it's even if they're not scared of the fans, they're playing to the fans. Cause they're like, Oh, I want to be in memes. I want to be in gifts. You know, I want people quoting me. So they come up with like lines on, off the top of their head to and it's just not as authentic it's why the shows aren't as good anymore but i do love beverly hills and one thing that i love about beverly hills which is one of the things that people criticize about it i love how they pick apart an argument over a really long time and they get into the minutia of it because that's how we talk about fights in real life like if you're having a, an argument with someone you do sit there talking about it for fucking hours going over yes the smallest details of it in real life you're not there throwing a cheese platter or throwing wine <laughs> in someone's face and having a big moment like that's just not how real people act so i actually find beverly hills is a little bit more realistic in how people fight with each other than some of the other shows that go for more over the top reality tv theatrics what's the rudest thing you've ever said to lisa vanderpump on a tweet and has she ever responded back to you um <laughs> she has me blocked on like three accounts so. <laughs> um i can't i mean look i've said it all i just i really don't like you mentioned it at all you mentioned um i uh the beverly hill stuff though is interesting you had just pointed this out and i i totally agree with it is that now these people that are getting cast 
they grew up on these reality shows. Mm -hmm. So even if they're, I, I, I sometimes think people are definitely trying to self-produce, but then I think sometimes it's just, it's in everybody's DNA. Now they grew up with it. They, they, it's like just how we watch these shows and we know what's coming next. I feel like there's some kind of internal clock for these cast members that like, Oh, this is where I'm supposed to throw this glass. You know, like they almost can't help but mm. get swept up in this wave because they've seen so many examples of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Look, I think there's a lot of different factors. What I'm trying to do, because I am having housewives fatigue lately, I'm trying to switch in my head and go, okay, it's not the reality show that I loved. I've got to think of this more as kind of like the daytime soaps that my mom watched when I was growing up, like the young and the restless and days of yeah, our lives. Yeah, yeah. Because they are so overproduced now. It's the, I mean, they're not scripted, but like some some of the stuff you're watching and you're like, my God, like this is so fake. So instead, I don't want to sit there every episode going, this is fake, this is fake, because it's just that's annoying. That's what I'm doing. That's, that's I'm doing exactly, it too, and it's you, driving me crazy. You talked about this in your last episode about the exhaustion of it, and, and you actually covered uh, other shows um, uh, recently, <laughs> which I, I mean, do you have to, that's what I like, the more I do this, I mean, I don't get exhausted of talking to people. That's always the best part of this. But there is an exhaustion from the personalities and the shows. And especially because I was talking about the Kardashians on Friday and how just scripted out it is, but it's bad actors doing it. And it's frustrating on all levels. And I don't know why you would ever do that to a fan base. Is it the same for you? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I know you genuinely love your listeners. I even see that you genuinely love interacting with people on Twitter, but mm -hmm. is it, does it hurt? Cause you invest, we've invest so much that you can't help, but it hurt your heart at times, you know? Yeah, I, I totally relate to what you're saying because I feel sometimes a little bit of guilt when I'm not doing a whole Bravo. I mean, I look, I never intended to be a just a Bravo podcast. Like when I made the show, I had ideas of doing different things and then I ended up getting a lot of big Housewives interviews at the start. So it actually was very Housewives heavy in the beginning. And Bravo and Housewives are always going to be a part of my podcast. Like I'm never going to be like, I'm not doing them ever again because there are still those shows that excite me. I'm a big OC fan. Um, that which is a whole other thing wait um, you you're the guy that liked oc this season yes i'm the guy that loved oc and <laughs> wait, do you think one... uh elizabeth vargas should come back yes um <laughs> but, <laughs> but wait but, do you um, love bronwyn she's awful but i think she's great really good okay, on the show okay, okay. um but she's horrible but um and beverly hills is excited me so i'm always going to have part of it but yeah i do feel guilty sometimes because i like i know that people like to listen to it but then i also know that um people are feeling the fatigue on it. And I, I've actually had really good feedback when I've done different topics, which surprises me because sometimes I'll talk about something else and I think, God, no one's going to care. And then people are messaging me reacting to that, which makes me feel really good. And I've started doing uh, recaps of this, the Mama June Honey Boo Boo show. My, which okay, the, 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 my, my really good friend that does all the graphics, Maritza Lopez, uh, she'll be making your graphic for tomorrow. She is obsessed with Honey Boo Boo. Like she, no, no, she she has watched not, nothing uh, nonstop Mama June Road to Redemption. She is so in love with this show. I mean, she talks about it all the time. 
Oh my God. I love it. And I really regret that I didn't What I mean, I've always loved Honey Boo Boo just as a character. Like I think she's such a cute kid and I feel bad for her. And then when Mama June was all cracked out last year and that was all over, you know, the Daily Mail, I was definitely like sucked into that, but I haven't actually watched the show properly because I'd be like, oh God, it's one of these really embarrassing, cringy, fake yeah. reality shows, which it is. But when you actually watch it, like that's what makes it so funny because it is so fake and the acting so bad. And some of them like the scene they're like trying not to laugh so you have that side of it but then you have all of this real stuff with mama june like having drug problems and being estranged yeah from like that's family. real you see it yeah, physically that, you see that's it real. you know oh yeah and then honey boo like the last one i'm watching like honey boo boo's crying like are you mama you weren't there for my first day of school and it's like she's <laughs> and like tears are pouring down her face and i'm like then i'm crying i'm so in i'm loving it so i'm just trying to find things that excite me because i think it translates you know to the listeners and i will always include bravo in my show when there's like interesting things like i hated salt lake city but i'm really into the um i liked dragging jen shah a lot because she's so awful even before the court stuff and now i'm covering some of the court things because that's juicy so when when something's juicy that stands out, yeah, I will chase it, but I'm not like pinning myself just to Bravo. I also just did um last episode that I just dropped last night. I got into Seeking Sister Wife, which is fucking amazing. And is that TLC? And, yeah, it's it's wild. Okay, so they got this. I've got to tell you about this. You'll die. Please, so I, I watch Sister Wives. Is this, is this a prequel so, to yeah no, this, this is a spin-off where it's like different couples that want to go into that polygamous lifestyle so they're trying to find another sister wife so they ha- <laughs> they've got this couple garrick and danielle right they're married i think they've they're super christian or super mormon one of them i think they've been married since they're about 18 they've got two kids the kids are solomon and i don't know jesus or something like then you Sounds know biblical great, yeah. names and they meet this woman online called Roberta from Brazil and well, Garrick falls in love with her. Danielle, you can tell is like not into the polygamous thing. He wants to bring Roberta over to be their sister wife. And he said, you know, God, God is telling me that, you know, I need another wife. The only way they can do it is if he divorces his wife, Danielle, and then brings Roberta over on a K1, like 90 day fiance type oh visa. Oh good. He so, gets involved. That's amazing. So yeah. So he, he divorces his wife on like the first episode episode and she's like crying in the courthouse and then they they bring over this this other woman um and now he's going to marry this other woman and they're going to have a polygamous family it's crazy and i love it they've managed to combine like the uh the bachelor with 90 day fiance with t i mean and, and yep. the only thing that would make, make it better if somebody had like a huge wart because they always love gross kind of body <laughs> extremities on <TLC. laughs> it's so true like a dr <laughs> pimple puppet yeah, thing exactly like every show that like nobody else wants i think goes to tlc and they have great success with it but it usually involves some kind of eighth appendage that you you know you're like that makes a whole tv series i know um, you said something uh, a second ago too about you want to be excited when you talk on your podcast or you want, you know, and I think that really is the key to it. And I think, um, you know, do you agree that the listener, the, the viewers these days really are so uh, savvy a lot of the times where you, we can really pick up on the fakery or the trickery and we really, and that's why when something real happens on one of these shows, you almost get goosebumps because the viewers can tell when they're watching something mm-hmm. real. 
these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're all too savvy, like myself, you, myself, all the viewers, which we're savvy to the point that it's like hard to enjoy the show. Yeah, it's so troubling. Think, like we, we yeah. hurt ourselves when we're the savvy, yeah. Yeah, you're in your head the whole time. This isn't real, like this bit's fake. And it's like, why can't I just enjoy this and just remove that part and just watch it as, like I would watch any other show? But I can't do it anymore. So it's only like one of the reasons that I loved OC last season, I was such a big defender of OC was because I felt like it was like early OC where it was way less produced. The way that COVID happened where they had to sell film and they were very isolated. I'm like, wow, this is like real stuff going on in their lives. Like Elizabeth Vargas with the cult stuff, Bronwyn with her 50 trillion issues uh gina with the stuff going on with matt i'm like wow i feel like i'm watching the old oc where the cameras just follow these women around individually and documented their lives and i'm like this is so refreshing compared to like margaret pushing someone in the pool which they had obviously planned you know the day before you really thought they planned that the day before Oh, absolutely. There's no way that was real. I even asked, I had Carlos King, one of the, um, he was the longtime showrunner for the Housewives of Atlanta and he did the first few seasons of Jersey. And I had him on my podcast early on and I asked him about that scene and he was like, yeah, that looked a little fake to me too. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing about the OC is I, I see exactly your point, but the thing that I believe was missing was that there was no actual DNA between these ladies. There was no actual kind of like, tethering these ladies to each other they seemed like they're all on their own planets and i didn't feel like i was watching a friend group i felt like i was watching individual ladies that yeah they have interesting things happen but when they come together it almost feels like a forced scenario where you can tell nobody wants to be around each other yeah i agree with that but i also i think that's almost all of the housewives i mean maybe the oc was a little bit more extreme but most of them probably wouldn't be hanging out sometimes you have pockets of friends in the groups yeah. like kyle and teddy or something but they're not they're not really all a real friend group you know they're or if they are they're in alliances they're not real friendships they're like oh let's be friends for the show <laughs> that's what i'm saying alliances we're getting into like survivor again mm. like it people is. are it's, making it's friends now. like yeah exactly um how happy were you when we found out teddy mellencamp was not coming back if you say you like teddy mellencamp i'm hey i'm hanging up i'm hanging i up was right now. <gasps> devastated i spent the entire season defending teddy like to the like literally like every day i was just tweeting about like how i love teddy like i've been trying to get her on my podcast i thought she was fucking amazing last season like i thought she was so good um i loved how direct she was i love how I, she sat there and listened i I, I just i felt you know what she was pregnant you have to take that into account like she couldn't do as much as as some of the other ones but i actually i really liked her from the previous season too when she stood up to lisa vanderpump so i hated her first season because she was so boring that season with lisa vanderpump was like unbearable and they were just like riding horses together and stuff but then <laughs> later on when she became kind of like holding people accountable and everything i loved it um, so the, the Beverly Hills trailer, I almost, I almost videotape myself watching it for the first time and put it on YouTube as some kind of like, you know, those girls that watch the twilight preview and take their reaction <laughs> and then like cry. What was your initial re reaction after watching it the first time? Uh, well, I knew that I was going to like it anyway. Uh, I was so happy because like I said, with the housewives fatigue, I'm like, yeah, give me something that I can like get back into and feel like passionate about and want to talk about again with yeah. this show. So then the Beverly Hills trailer dropping, uh, 
I, I loved it. I love that they're going into the Erica stuff, but you know what's going to happen because the fans are so fucking annoying before <laughs> everyone was complaining and they're like, um, you know, they're not going to talk about Erica's, you know, court case. I bet no one will address it, blah, blah, blah. And now that they're addressing it, watch in a, in a month or two on Twitter, it's going to be like this whole season's about Erica's court case. Can't we have something else? Like that's what they're going to do. And that is true. That is completely true. <laughs> um, but seeing it, we had a couple interesting, I mean, of course, and we saw Kathy Hilton a couple of times, which, uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people bitching about that, of how dare her not get a diamond. Um, Why would like, she have I'm, a diamond? She's exactly. like 60-something. She's just I'm, there for fun. Well, don't be ageist. No, no, I'm not, being a- I'm not being ageist, but I just mean there is a certain, like, cutoff because they are casting younger. Like, you're probably not going to cast a new housewife that's, you know, 65 or 70 or something, you know? But she's a perfect a- friend of. She's a perfect yeah. family of. I think... I'm good just having her there. I'm good just having her there. If she can like, if she can cut Kyle a couple times, I, I would, I would really appreciate that. But I was happy to see her in the preview. Um, you guys, if you haven't seen the trailer, I'll put in the clips. But it, you know, it opens in kind of a, uh, you know, a who done it, like a very intense music behind it and it was you know like uh two truths and a lie they're playing a game and erica's like two truths and a lie and it's almost <laughs> like uh like a stylized version of the movie clue like somebody murdered and like you know who movie. did it you know and we get all of this kind of amazing stuff and then you guys like we had heard the rumors sutton and erica jane get into it at a a table and sutton like sutton kind of reminds me of Faye Dunaway in the movie Mommy Dearest, like all of her like extreme like facial looks, you know, with the eyes. That's but such a good comparison. I know. I was like, I'm making a meme of that because I was just like, where have I seen this look? And I was like, it's Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest. But Erica does one of her, you know, when she was in China, she's like, you don't know what I go through. You, she does that again, you guys. She's like, what is she like? Shut the fuck. Was like, shut the fuck up or something. Oh my God, she goes off. And when I saw that, I'm like, no wonder no one has really come for Erica because like she keeps <laughs> it cool and calm. But when she snaps, like she's going to murder you. Like Sutton looked like she was, her face looked like it was shaking that she was about to start crying from yeah. being so terrified Sutton's of Erica. not used to being talked to that way. You know, she's like not. I think she and her, like her friends in real life are like Jennifer Tilly. And she, you know, like there's, I don't think she's ever used to being spoken to. And especially after you have that kind of money, you probably don't get talked to a lot that way, but it is interesting. I, where do you come down on the Erica Jane? So it comes up. There is a line in this trailer, you guys, where she says only he knows the answer to these crimes. Only, you know, only Tom Girardi knows. And we even have a facial reaction from Garcelle who goes Psh, like, kind of like, I don't believe you, which was a nice little cutaway. What did you think of that? And do you think, I mean, this is pure assumption. What do you think her knowledge of all this was? Uh, I don't think she. I don't think she knew that there were orphans and widows and all of that stuff. Come on, how the fuck would she know that? Like, she was the arm candy. Yeah, she's very she's very smart, but she was focused on her own career. She's focused on her tour, on her media career, on being a reality star, on her music, whatever. She's not asking where the money comes from. She was, you know, much. She was much younger. She married Tom 
she knew she was getting this lifestyle. I don't think she's going through where he's getting the money from specifically. I mean, did she maybe suspect that there were shady things going on? I mean, of course, I think that's most rich. I mean, how many fucking rich people get in problems where they haven't paid their taxes or they've done this or they've done that? I mean, a lot of ultra wealthy people. It seems like everyone, like they're, they're, I mean, no rich person seems to have like escaped the law. Everybody seems to have stolen something. Yeah, they're fucked. And I'm sure that uh, that Tom was in, I mean, I think it was, I can't remember which podcast, but someone was saying how Tom Girardi had like all of these connections with, you know, like democratic politicians in California and yeah, get favors. And- yeah, the law, the uh, the California bar even got into trouble because he took like uh, people that like are, are, are like people that work for the California Bar Association. He wined and dined them, like took them on mm. vacations. Yeah, and I'm sure Erica is a smart girl. I'm sure she knows that. But that's how the old, that's how the world of the ultra wealthy works. It's like corruptions and handshakes and and you help me and I'll help you and all of that. So I'm sure she that but that would be probably would apply to like most of the housewives to some certain level, maybe not not the level that Erica was on because she's with you know Tom Girardi, who's a huge person. But I mean they're all fucking like look at Dorit. Like, come on, like how yeah, many what do you think about in- Dorit? And I, I've always uh, and I, I grew to like Dorit, but even in this last, uh, I mean, every there's always rumors about her. I mean, PK, you know, owing a great deal of money and that she's probably the next one to have something happen to. What do you think about Dorit and what do you think will, what are you hoping to see from her this season? And is Buca de Beppo popular over in Australia? Well, no, I've never heard of Buca de Pepo, but my, <laughs> my housemate has a lot of family in America, and he said people call it Buca de Caca because it's like shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I mean that's that's, but that's why it's so funny. Like that's where I feel like foreign audiences will not get the joke of how beautiful it is that Dorit has decorated a room <laughs> because it's really like it's an it's like an Italian chain that's like you know like kids it's like Sizzlers like, or something kind of yeah like but it's <laughs> specifically yeah. Italian. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess how do I feel about Dorit? Uh, I loved her at first season when she was like stirring the pot and everything. She's awful now. She was terrible last season. She's going to be awful again this season. She does nothing. She has pulled her personality back again. She was such a great pot stirrer at the start. Now she has done the usual Beverly Hills thing, which is she doesn't want backlash from the fans. And she's tried to make her whole persona and character about her fashion. When she has the worst fashion, I can never get over her style. I rant about it all the time because Erica Jane's fashion, say what you want to say about Erica Jane. She pulls it off. Like the clothes don't wear her. She just has that kind of like X factor to pull off these things. And that was sort of, she started that whole overdressing thing on the housewives franchise. Dorit tried to copy that every look that Dorit has looks like it's been copied and pasted from a lookbook from a stylist. There's no soul to anything she's wearing. It's so contrived and put together. And then she enters a scene and she'll do a twirl, like, look what I'm wearing, everyone. It's like, is that all you're going to do? You're going to walk around these ridiculous outfits that you can't even pull off. She barely brings any drama. I cannot stand her. I hate all the fans that like her now. I was (laughs) formerly a Dorit fan originally, but I just think she's totally jumped the shark. And by the latest trailer, she was she wasn't doing anything in the trailer. I mean, it's just she's going to be so boring. Do you think with the, you you mentioned an interesting comment about Erica kind of she's the one that brought the glam to Beverly Hills and I do have to agree in the sense that it seems like since Erica is like everybody has had to step up their like money game because Erica, you know, make no bones about it, she's bringing three glam people on these trips at least 
And these, you know, she really did start that. In fact, she even mentioned, I think, on the reunion, how her looks are storyboarded out. Like they, they do present her, you know, there is a whole like Mikey, her creative director, all that stuff. It is very thought out. My issue though with Erica sometimes is that I thought it was too planned out where, uh, you know, when she was doing the talking heads two seasons ago with the champagne, you know, oh, she was okay, like, yeah. I thought I was like, this is scripted. Like she's being told out. Okay. Mikey's like, Oh, and then pick up the champagne and that'll be fierce. You know, but they and, all do, they all do that. Like remember yes. when um Kyle had the magnifying glass and stuff and, and yeah, or Lisa yeah. Rinna has the popcorn. Like they're all doing that. Like they're like, you're going to meme this. They're going to meme. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into why you, and I, now I'm just, now I already know the answer to this. <laughs> do you like Amelia Bedelia and Scott Disick together? No, I, I mean, oh, I thought you were going to say, yeah, that's, no, I, I don't like them together. I don't not like them together. I mean, of course, there's a, there's a weird age difference, but things are, things are different in Hollywood, you know. I think that um, I think that Scott is such a... I mean, any guy that's of that age that can't date women in his age bracket is just pathetic. Like, they go for these young women because they know that they can kind of manipulate them. Shape them, Svengali them, if yeah. you will, like in this really weird, creepy way. A hundred percent. But I mean, you know, is, is Amelia like some naive little shrinking violet? She knows that this is huge for her career. Like she obviously yeah. wants that. Who wouldn't? Like if you saw her that moment, she's like, I'm with my friend, Scott. <laughs> I know. So it's not like, it's not like, uh, you know, Scott's just this evil predator. That's like, you know, she's a, she's of age. What is she 19 or whatever? She, she wants a career in media in the spotlight. I hope that it's addressed. I mean, we saw some of it in the trailer. I hope that they do address it a fair bit on the show and that they get into it. And it's not just like one scene of them addressing it and then moving on because I feel like, Amelia and whatever the other one's name is, like they got their career from being so on Beverly Hills. That she really yeah. is the what's the other one's name. Yeah. <laughs> now is the what's the other one. We all know Amelia now, which by the way, I always think it's fascinating. What if Scott Disick is running some kind of business to help like models that actually want to get their name out there? Oh like, you God, know, you can hire, he's like, I'll, uh, I'll pretend to date you for six months. I'll take all the heat. People will call me creepy. When we break up, you'll have a career, you know? Yeah. Well, it's mutually beneficial for both of them as well. Cause then it kind of keeps Scott in with like the younger crowd that like these Instagram girls. So yeah, he can get like student discounts at the movies. <laughs> you know, it's, so uh, it is mutually beneficial, but I hope they address it because those mod, those twin model girls, they only have their career because Lisa Rinna promoted the hell out of them on the housewives of Beverly Hills. Cause she was obviously trying to do the Yolanda Hadid thing. So if that's how you got your platform, like you better talk about it on this show. Cause we want to see it. Well, being a Rinna fan, do you like that? I mean, she is kind of considered a low budget Chris Jenner, a somebody that really is fighting tooth and nail, whether it be with her dancing, whether it be like to just be out there to like, try to get in the spotlight. She's a hustler and that's why she stayed in the spotlight for as long as she has. She's had so many reinventions. Like who would think that, I mean, she got her start doing like days of our lives and then Melrose, or I'm not Melrose sure which one was yeah. first. Yeah. But she got her start doing soaps and then she's still here and she's probably more relevant than ever. She goes wherever she can go, whatever she can make work. I think she has a great personality. I was always a fan of her like long before, um, the housewives. I've always loved Lisa Rinna and thought she's such a kooky, fun character. And whatever she does is always kind of interesting to me. So no, I love the hustle. I think it's great. I like people that 
uh, to just go, I mean, you know, we're hustlers. You're a hustler trying to get the podcast out there. You're a little bit of a Lisa Rinna energy with your well, podcast. I can't, I can't dance with my knee and stuff like that. But <laughs> no, you're right. You're, you're totally right. I just think sometimes it is interesting how the public will perceive it. And it's another thing where we've grown up with pop culture so long is that we've seen you know, you know, stage moms and things like that. And so you, when you see a stage mom potentially on steroids, whether it been Lisa Rinna or somebody that's really achieved that, but you see the dark underbelly with like somebody like Kris Jenner, which by the way, how do Kardashians are, are viewed over in Australia? What would it, do they have any reach over there? Yeah, they're pretty popular here. They're always on the cover of like magazines and stuff. At one point, this is years ago now though, so I don't know what the current situation is, but I know that they had product lines that were like exclusive to Australia. Like they had like, you know, a handbag line at one of our big department stores or something. So they're pretty big here. And Kim actually came to Australia. They might've come to Australia more than once before, but I remember this might've been pre-Kanye because Kim wouldn't do this now, but she was doing an appearance at a mall here. And I wish that I had gone because I didn't go. And I remember me and my friend that we were like, oh fuck, maybe we should go. Like it is Kim (laughs) and we didn't go. And now I regret it. Who's your favorite? Uh, you know, uh, we've had a lot of housewives. It was their first season, whether it be Utah or New York. Did you have a favorite first season housewife these last couple of years? Um, th- you mean like out of the new shows? Yeah, I mean, did you were you a Leah McSweeney fan? Were oh, you, okay. You, out of I know you didn't love Salt Lake, but was there somebody that you grew to love on there? I mean, was there a bright spot? Yeah, uh, I I like, you know, Leah's fun. I like Leah better outside of the show than on the show because I think that, you know, people were standing Leah so hard when she came on and she was yeah. in the wrong with how much she was drinking and how crazy she was behaving. And people were just piling on Ramona because Ramona's sort of the unpopular, whatever, the un-PC one. So people like to shit on her. But I felt like she was kind of in the right with some of the things she was doing that season. And Leah was like totally out of control. But I really do like Leah as a person. There are some good housewives that have come along. I really do like Heather Gay, but I think she's very shady. Um, well, I do think it's interesting, speaking of Leah McSweeney and Heather Gay is that I think they had a very similar ascension in terms that we blew smoke so far up their asses in praising them. And especially with Leah, because, you know, that was right during that was right during the height of COVID. So we needed that kind of I mean, in that kind of U.S. thing, it kind of shook us up a little bit of seeing something crazier than what we were living with, you know, so that was exciting. But Heather, Gay, I feel like we do. That is an interesting new wrinkle to the fan base is that we do make these people legends within four episodes and then you almost set them up. I'm really nervous for the second season of New York, which starts pretty soon. Cause I'm like, I get this feeling Leah's not going to have a good season. Yeah. I mean, it depends how she handles herself. Doesn't it? We'll see. I hope that the fame hasn't gone to her head too much. Um, I don't know. I, again, I really like her personality outside of the show. Like I think she's very like out of the box with her opinions and stuff. Like I've read her old penthouse columns and everything. And she's super. Wait, Leah has old penthouse columns. Yeah. So she was like a political commentator. Oh, I was like, Leah talks, Leah does sexy letters. No, no, not sex stuff, but she did. She did some things and it actually got twisted in that they said that she criticized the Me Too movement, which she didn't. She criticized certain celebrities that had hijacked the movement, but some of her opinions are a little bit more nuanced than people give them credit for. And people have sort of tried to paint paint her out as problematic and everything. And then if you look into what she actually says, she's like pretty on the money. And as someone, my opinions never fit neatly into a box. I really like that about Leah. That appeals to me a lot about her. Um, 
as far I don't know how her next. Have you ever changed? Have you ever changed your opinion? Of like I was way off about this or this person. Has that ever happened to you, or have you always been right? Um, you know what? I am have a pretty good. I'm right a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> I will say, you know what? My opinion on Erica has changed because I did. St- I was one of those Erica stands for a long time, and I actually knew Erica f- before from her music. So I always was like an Erica Jane fan. Like all the gays knew Erica Jane. So I, when she got cast on Beverly Hills, I was really excited, and I really did like her. When people were shitting on her and saying, you know, she's boring now, I was always a defender. And then in the last year or so, not just the court case thing, which is horrible, but just all these reports coming out about how horrible she is behind the scenes and she's so rude and she's such an asshole. And I just thought, okay, you know, I don't like that when I hear about people are rude to, you know, publicists. And there's just been a lot of stories about how horrible she is. So, I mean, maybe wrong on that. I mean, I did like Lisa Vanderpump in the beginning, but everybody did. But I was, I got off the Lisa Vanderpump train quite early. Like by season four, I'm like, okay, I see what you're about. I see exactly who you are. And then I spent the next few years in Lisa Vanderpump derangement syndrome, wanting her off the show until she was finally vanquished. But I am usually right, I will say. <laughs> do you, do you, um, you just made me laugh. Where I forget. Okay. Do you mess around with Summer House at all? Do you do Real Housewives of Atlanta? Any, do you do both of those shows? Yeah. E- um, every single Housewives I've watched, I'm up to date on. Um, so did you watch finish. Atlanta, uh, yesterday's Atlanta? Yeah. And I loved it. And this first half of the season was pretty boring. And I was thinking, Oh, think maybe I'm getting a bit over Atlanta. It's, it's getting again, so self-produced it's turning into love and hip hop. And then kind of post Bolo, it's been so much fun. (laughs) And (laughs) I I think that Drew and Latoya are such great additions. I really enjoy them. They are like a a bit contrived with what they're, but it's very entertaining and they have those big personalities and I'm a huge Kenya Moore fan. I want to add, she's one of my all time favorites. I love Kenya. You really do. You pick the people that people have the worst issues with, and you're like, I love that person. But last night, you guys realized was Atlanta actually was really good, and there was mm-hmm. this whole plot about uh, Prophet Lot, who is one of uh, Drew's spiritual advisors, and supposedly set Toya up with him to like help her spiritually with a class or something. And then this rumor came out that Toya is hooking up with the Prophet. And Toya calls her on it. What is your opinion? Do you think Toya did hook up with the prophet? Because even the prophet comes on at the end or on a FaceTime call and all the girls, Drew wasn't there, but Marlo and uh, all the other girls talk to the prophet about this and question him. Where did you fall on this? I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think that there was something going on there, but Drew clearly weaponized it for the show. And Drew had all of these. (laughs) I'm glad she did. Yeah, me too. And I thought it was really fun and it was, it was contrived, but I enjoyed it. So it's funny because sometimes I watch the contrived stuff and it makes me angry. I'm like, this is fake. And then other times I see them doing it and I'm like, I'm glad that they came up with this. So it's just, you know, it's so funny that you're right. It's like every time I'm like, uh, you know, if somebody does something in the right way or, you know, even if I don't like something, if somebody does it and I like them, I just tend to like, okay, well, it's good for them then I, I can, I can handle it with that. Also last night I learned something new. And I learned you guys that, did you know what Delilah means? If you call a girl Delilah, it means somebody that uses their sexuality and then puts that sexuality onto others because Drew called Latoya a Delilah. 
I, I like that. Well, I mean, Drew had a lot of lines that she'd been practicing in the mirror. I can't, re- I can't remember them, but she had, she had a bunch of, and she, there was a couple of them that she kept repeating because she wanted the impact. Like she had all of these kind of like biblical puns and stuff planned out. But and how funny was it that they were arguing with their masks, but they had to keep pulling them up. I know. And then, when then by the end, Latoya was so flustered she just let it fall, Pat, and then she's like, "I'm leaving. I'm out." Yeah. Um, I think Latoya is so good on that, by the way. And it's Latoya is just Kenya two She's, she's Kenya two point She's well, like the same person. That's why I thought it was so weird. The the uh, frustrating actually when uh, Kenya said she had a crush on Toya, and then I was like, I don't. What I'm like, what maybe like a friend crush because I don't get any sexual vibe that you're trying to put out towards Toya. Like to me, that was like so staged or like Kenya was like, I'll say I have a crush on Toya. And I just thought it was so weird. Cause then I'm like, if you do, let's see you make out right now. Let's see you make out. I want to see that right now. You know? I thought that was so strange as well. And, you know, and at first I thought that's not real. I'm like, look at this. And you know what, when it went on, I kind of thought, you know what? I actually think maybe this, maybe this is, and I've heard a lot of stories lately in real life, which has been crazy to me about like straight women getting divorced or and going with other women. Like my, well, that's, boss, I mean, uh, it Denise happens. Richard, Denise Richards, Brandy. I mean, yeah. I, I, when that whole situation was going on, I kept podcasting every week. I'd be like, would you girls let me know if there's a secret girl world that you guys are all hooking up with each other? Even if you're like, like in my head, I was like, I bet there is like, everybody's going to a secret garden with their lady friends. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm like, I literally could buy into it because at the end of the day, we're like, guys are idiots. And the gentle touch of a woman is something that all these women need. Maybe. I, I think that it happens more often than not. And I don't think it means that they're lesbians or they're going to end up no, with the woman. No, I don't with mean the that. Woman. Yeah, of course. I know. But I think that there are there are points where I think it would happen more with women than with men because I think women are a bit more fluid. I think that's like a scientific fact that women are more uh, fluid with their sexuality. But yeah, I think sometimes they do have that. They have a little phase or an experimentation. And I agree with you that I thought this Kenya Latoya thing was fake at first. And then as it kept going on and then when Kenya was said she was like jealous, I thought wait, is this actually, is this for real? And I kind of like felt like maybe it was. So I don't know. I wish it was real. I mean, I would love seeing them. I think that would be such a great storyline. I would love a lesbian storyline. I want Elizabeth Vargas and, because Elizabeth Vargas is a bit lesbian too. That was so insane. We found that out at the um, the the reunion, yeah. you guys. That Elizabeth Vargas was like, "Oh yeah, I'm bisexual. I'm I'm like, and, but women are more fluid." But she even said at the reunion that Bronwyn had tried to kiss her, and she <laughs> went away that. because Bronwyn was with uh with Sean, which I was like. Everything out of Elizabeth's mouth, I was like, "What are you saying? Like, is this even <laughs> what world are you living in?" Because I was like. <laughs> And then Andy or got edited out, didn't do a follow-up question of like, tell me what the fuck you're talking about. And like, tell me exactly how Bronwyn approached you with this. Because I'm like, why do you drop that good piece of information? And then we just don't hear about it at all anymore. I want to see a follow-up to that. I want to see like Elizabeth and Bronwyn hooking up and like more to that story. And Bronwyn's thirsty enough that she would do it. I don't know about Elizabeth. I want to show, I want a documentary where Bronwyn just tracks down housewives to hang out with her from different cities because that's all she does is you all of a sudden see Bronwyn travels everywhere. She's always like, she popped up with Garcelle the other day. Mm. She, I'm like, where is this like a campaign that's going on for like to keep you on the cast or something? The funniest one. I literally just saw this before I came on before we started recording is that she was hanging out with Fernanda, who was a friend of on the OC that was the lesbian Brazilian personal yes. trainer that Tamara had a fake lesbian thing with like 
yes. eight seasons ago. Bronwyn and Fernanda were hanging out. So I was Did you like, see also she's on uh she's supposedly on the new season of Selling Sunset. Yes, with Mary. I who did I I asked someone about that and they said, Yeah, she's gonna be like a client of Mary's on Selling of course Sunset she is. LA. Of course she is. <laughs> I um, think it's iconic. I love how oh my thirsty God. she is. Did you get this room? I a couple people sent me this rumor and it's not out there, and I'm gonna break um a little it's not news because I can't prove it, nothing, but that that supposedly Sean might have gotten another OC housewife pregnant. Not somebody on the show, but a housewife in OC that Sean might have gotten another woman pregnant this year. Have you heard have, that? Has anybody sent you that? No, I haven't heard that at all. And I feel like some of my OC sources would have okay. would have that told could me be, about that. that. But I'm gonna I, dig two into people that. People send me that. I and I I would the only I don't it doesn't really strike me as like something Sean would do, but at the same time, it strikes me as something Bronwyn would, would tell Sean to do to try to get sympathy <laughs> from the audience. Like, Sean, I'm going to need you to take this bullet, get a housewife pregnant so I can look good, you know? Well, Sean is very thirsty as well, and I am... But in I a was, different way, a very yeah. quiet way. Uh, I don't know. I think Sean is like, I think Sean's in it to win it. I mean, Sean had, there were pap pictures of Sean out that like, yeah, <laughs> not but just it was that with their Sean. housekeeper. It wasn't even like, to me, it just looked like when I like hang out with my sister or something like that, it didn't look like sexy. I don't know. Outside an outside table. If he was trying to hide, it's almost like he wanted to be seen just like Bronwyn. Of course he wanted to be seen. They're obsessed with it. But I was disappointed that Bronwyn broke up with her girlfriend, Chris recently, because I really wanted to see on the show, how Bronwyn would, would juggle having an open marriage and a girlfriend. Like I thought that would be good TV. I think it would be great TV. And also I think I would love to, cause Bronwyn, you get the vibe. We've not really fully, I know we have seen it is that she is the aggressor in female relationships. Mm, she she is. is kind of in that guy of like, Hey, show me your tits, honey. All right. <laughs> Mommy, like what I see, you know, like you get the sense she's like that. And I kind of wouldn't mind seeing more like that, you know, of her kind of hitting on, you know, somebody or, you know, trying oh, to. Oh, that'll be great. It'll be great TV. I mean, they, they need to keep her from what I hear. And I don't, this isn't like confirmed or whatever. This is just like, no one knows for a fact. So don't be like, oh my God, he revealed the casting of the OC. Um, but from what I hear is that it'll be basically the same cast with like one extra person maybe. So that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I just heard they're going to take some time. Yet. I heard they're taking time to really kind of think about things. Yeah, and um, I know that nobody has been asked back yet. Like, no one's been told, smart. oh, you're coming back. I'm glad they're taking time. So uh, two more things. This has been the fastest hour really ever. This has gone so fast. Um, but I do want to know what your thoughts are on, you know, we I was talking about yesterday about there is so much cross-pollination in the Bravo universe now with Southern Charm, Summer House becoming Winter House. Uh, they're really throwing up a lot of things that they're going to the wall. We got an announcement last week that Watch What Happens Live is going to do a Children Where Are They Now of the Housewives oh. episode. What is your opinion on Bravo trying to diversify and expand the Bravo cinematic universe. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good idea because I think it's the next logical step for them to do because 90 Day Fiancé does a really good job of that, exactly. of, of mixing it up. So I think that Bravo, and especially with Peacock, I know that there's going to be a lot of new content on Peacock. Like from what I've heard from some reliable people is that there's going to be like a bunch of new below deck shows and they're just going to be uh, Peacock exclusives, like a below deck. <laughs> below Australia. deck dinghy. <laughs> below yeah, deck, no, <laughs> I think it'll be different countries. Like I think there's like an Antarctica one, maybe don't quote me on that. Or it was something starting with a, but there's an Australian one coming. Uh, 
Yeah, I like the cross-pollination. I think it's a good idea. As far as that Housewives, all well, it's not really an all-stars. That's what I don't like about that because I feel like that one is a bit random because they're just taking people that are kind of available and, like, putting them in a house and it's just there to promote Peacock. Like, I would rather them do an actual proper theme as, as like, an all-stars or, a, I don't know, like a second chances of people that were fighting like something like that i just feel like the way they're doing that is not doing it justice for what it could be but um, maybe like yeah. real housewives menopause edition where yeah. <laughs> i i think there's some people that should be on that as well that aren't like I, the fact that they don't have like a oc og on there like why wouldn't you have tamra on that one like that's annoying well, you saw that rumor yesterday about vicky dating the 23 year old Oh my, no, you didn't. Oh my God. Well, see, it, it was in Dumois. It was a blind and it said Vicky has dumped Steve and is now hooking up with a 23 year old. And somebody posted this. I forgot which Instagram account and Vicky wrote not true. But for a second, I was like, I would love to see that. That would almost make me want to see Vicky on the show again. If she, she was hooking up with a 23 year old, like a 23 year old scammer like Brooks, that would be amazing. That would be incredible because I felt like, I mean, I think v- Tamara should have stayed on the show, but Vicky was like, your time's up, girl, goodbye. But if she was dating a 23-year-old, absolutely. And that wouldn't surprise me because, you know, word on the street is that, um, actually, maybe, I, I don't know. We'll see how long No Vicky word, do the word. Let me, we'll see, we'll the see word how long Vicky and Steve last. I don't know. I really hope they don't last much longer. I <laughs> do not like him at all. I mean, so he, he really reminds he always and he always likes Tamara's son's Ryan's crazy posts. Oh. Like he always like he'll always like Ryan. I believe in you. We're both patriots. You know, which is I just know. insane. Um, I guess I want to end on Summer House. What are your thoughts on Summer House this season in general? Um, I'm guessing since I I dislike Hannah, you love Hannah. Yeah, I do love Hannah. Um, I think she's. <laughs> I want her. I want to be on Burning in Hell. That's like my goal. Like, girl, Hannah, if you're listening, like, have me on. You could probably. You would definitely be. That's a definitely achievable goal. Oh my god! Well, I I want it, honey. Um, I like Hannah. I think she's great TV. I think she. Uh, you know, I had this conversation with someone the other day. I can't remember who, and people were saying that. Hannah is so contrived in what she's been doing. And yeah, I think she is in some sense because she's really savvy and she, you know, she knew what she was doing. She's another hustler. She is a hustler, but I also think that's her personality too. I don't think that it's all completely fake. I think she is someone that just has that kind of narcissistic big personality that sucks all the air out of the room. I said to somebody that I feel like if you went out to a group dinner and Hannah was there, without even meaning to it would all but would become all about hannah like she would just do that naturally so i don't think that everything she's doing is as contrived as everybody thinks that it is if that makes sense like there's an element to that but i just think that is who she is Uh, i think summer house is a great show it's disappointing to see the ratings so bad because i I think the same thing yeah i'm shocked I saw the ratings. I was like, no fucking way. They're no. shocking. And I'm like, what? Like, this is actually one of the better shows on Bravo. Like, the Housewives of New Jersey, I think, is fucking awful. This And Dallas, I mean, Dallas is in the ratings in the toilet for that anyway. But I feel like Summer House should have better ratings than a lot of the other shows that are on Bravo right now. And I don't get it. I think it has a really good cast. Um, I like the Big Brother style thing that they're doing, keeping them all locked in this house together they managed to make the first bravo show that i feel like has managed to use quarantine effectively Mm, yeah yeah, covid effectively yeah that's a good point so yeah i like it i like the pretty much like most of the cast carl's a bit annoying now that he's so um like 
uh, Carl because he's so goody two shoes now and it's just okay dude like it's a little bit holy that I think he I think Carl is more calculated than people think because he knows that he's coming off as the nice guy now and he's really leaning oh yeah he's like look how good my bed's made look how yeah good and people is. are like oh Carl look, and yeah know, Carl's I, great but yeah he knows. Carl's like I, I I shave my pubes everything's <laughs> kept clean everything's really nice you know I know um so what do, where do you go on the Lucana thing um I've gone back and forth on that, just trying to figure it out a lot. I think they're both, I just think they're both annoying. So, I mean, I think Luke's a <laughs> fuck boy that let her on. I think Hannah's like, cra- I mean. And would yeah, you be comfortable if somebody had sex in your bathroom? Yes, but I'm really uptight like that. Things like that are just like outrageous to me. Like I'm kind of improved. You're outrageous <laughs> to most people if somebody had sex. I don't think anybody would want somebody to have sex. And that's, that's correct. We, By yeah. the way, that is the first thing we've agreed on is that I do not want somebody <laughs> to have sex in my bathroom unless it's me, you know? I would be outraged. Yeah, exactly. Um, This has gone way too fast. And even when you were saying New Jersey, Dallas, we have not talked about any of that stuff, which is exciting because that just means you have to come back and yes. uh, continue this conversation. And I do want to make a point to people is that this is the exact thing I always say is that you can disagree with somebody. That is what makes these um, shows exciting because sometimes when the shows uh, fail to deliver, the discourse between the fans can really kind of make it so much more palatable and exciting. And you get to hear people's thoughts without saying you fucking hate somebody, you know, <laughs> like there is room for everything in this fan base. Well, I also do a lot of, which I guess gets me in hot water. I push back again against a lot of like the cancel culture stuff and things like that. So that's also where I'm kind of controversial because there'll be certain things that I think that people blow up or find issues. And I'm like, and I really think you guys are reaching with that one. So I push back. I, my, I have unpopular opinions on both ways, just in terms of like the characters that I tend to like or dislike. That's unpopular. Which is why your, your show is called unpopular. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was meant, well, you know, originally it was just meant to, wasn't it, it poplitic? Yeah, originally it was called poplitically incorrect. I'm like, that's just a fucking annoying tongue twister and no one can type it out. And the SEO, like Google reroutes it to politically incorrect. So I'm like, <laughs> let's just let's just redo it. But, you know, unpopular originally, it was just supposed to be kind of a, a bit of like a tongue in cheek thing. So I always like the unpopular housewives and I hate the popular ones. But then I it has kind of turned into, I do push back on a lot of the kind of like political correctness stuff. And the cancel culture, but not in like a, not in a MAGA way or anything, but I just mean just as like a normal person. <laughs> no, I mean, and by the way, does that, does that translate over, over like is Australian like that with cancel culture? Is it? Um, is it yeah, is a little bit, but not as, yeah, like it's coming. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I guess, uh, going across everywhere, but definitely not to the level that Americans are at all. And I also think that because I kind of have an outside perspective, people don't get, as upset when I say it as if an American podcaster says it, because they look at me more as like, okay, here's an outsider looking in on American stuff. Whereas if you're American and you say it, you get in more trouble. And I will say, honestly, and I recognize this, that because I am a guy, I feel like I get away with saying more than if a female podcaster said it. Like I do think there is a double standard sometimes because I've noticed it because I've noticed being an Australian male, I get away with saying pushing the envelope further, I think, than like female American podcasters would, which is kind well, of even, unfair. But. I had a guest on Kate Kennedy last week and we were talking about even uh, voice of like men, we can get away with uh, vocal tics, 
certain voice things that women will immediately, a woman hearing a woman that they don't like, they'll be like horrible vocal fry you're speaking to. And, and men can get away with more, even in terms of voice, which I had never thought about until last week, but it's, it's, it's really true. That's such a good point. And you know what? I have listened to podcasts before and I hear the vote, the female vocal fry. And I'm like, I'm not fucking listening to this. How annoying. But then I'm like, I listen back to my editing. I, and like, I'm like, I say like um, all the time. I say yeah. And I'm, yeah. I do all of that too. And I'm like, why aren't people attacking like my voice? Cause I'm making so many mistakes. So there's such a double my, standard there as well. My mom one time when Hillary, Hillary Clinton was running, my <laughs> mom said, was watching her on TV and she's like, that lady just shrieks. And my mom shrieked when she said that. And I was like, I cannot believe <laughs> you're saying that about Hillary Clinton. So, um, uh, Jacques, this has been actually delightful. And I, I really, I really mean that. How do we support you? The, the podcast is called Unpopular. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Like I say, with everybody that comes on this, out of a respect to the guests for their time, if you do go check this out, which I really highly recommend you do, go rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, we do this really for free for the most part. So uh, I'm hoping that somehow these reviews translate to heaven or something and they get us some kind of free t-shirt. I don't know what it gets us, but I think it helps. So go rate his podcast five stars. Um, and then on Twitter, you are at, um, and by the way, this will be on the uh, description as well. Where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, I, you know, I have two Twitters. I usually direct people to follow my podcast Twitter, which is sort of a flop, but it's like not as controversial. But his, my pod- guys, his real Twitter is very, you guys need to follow that one. My, the, my real Twitter is Arcady Blog. My podcast Twitter is Unpopular JP. I'm Unpopular JP on Instagram as well. Yes, please leave me a good, I'm obsessed with my reviews. I bet you are too. I read I, them obsessively. Well, you know I, I don't, I stopped reading them because, and I've got to start reading them again because there might be good things I can fix. I just know that it might put me in the dumps and, but I do get excited to see the number growing. Like yeah, I do, I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. This many people even took the time to hit their, the star thing. That's awesome. But I'm scared to sometimes dive in. Cause I read one time, one bad, and I just, I'm wildly insecure, but, um, uh, it, wait, did you say Katie blog as in like, is it because of Katie Perry? Oh, I know. Arcadie, A-R-C-A-D-E-Y-B-L-O-G. That's my messy personal Twitter account. And uh, I just want to say shout out to Shira Wise. She set this yes, up. She Shira. hooked us up. So Shira girl, thank and you by the so way, much. Shira is also the one that she has helped like so many of us out there uh, find each other. And she is the one that helped me get um, uh, so many great guests on this show. So Shira, if you're listening, hopefully you still are listening listening thank you thank you so much i said to shira i'm like girl you gotta get me on ryan by bailey's podcast i'm like i need it because i'm like new and i'm trying to get on other shows i'm like no one's asking me on their show and i'm like girl get me on ryan's podcast and she's like done and she reached out so yeah no i mean she reached out a couple times and i'm so bad at getting back to people that it's like it really does take but i was so happy she did and i was like oh yeah definitely and this has turned out to be so good you know really so good. So you guys, if you like what you hear, I know you will go check out his podcast and just remember, you know, a good 80% of the things that he says is wrong, but he's so <laughs> nice and charming when he says it, that you, there is something uh, in there that can definitely, we can take away from. So Jacques till the next time. And I hope I get to come on your podcast oh, and absolutely. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep this going. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much. Betches.